Welcome to Terror Talk, a true crime, psychology, and horror film podcast. We podcast from Los Angeles, California, and we upload new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. My name is Shannon Calder, licensed therapist, and I'm joined each week by Dr. Kathy Barrett, forensic psychologist. We talk about all things from a psychological perspective. Welcome to Terror Talk. Hi, everyone. This is Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. It sure is. It sure is. Today on the show, we are going to tackle the television show Black Mirror Season 3. This is our third of these. So we've uh, discussed Season 1 and Season 2 in separate episodes. So go back and check those out. And this today is Season 3. Every couple months, we're doing a season. So I believe we only have two more. As of right now, season four and mm-hmm. season five, right? So yep. until they come out with a new season, we're we're getting there. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Black Mirror is a British dystopian science fiction anthology television series created by Charlie Brooker. Um, the first two seasons were produced by the BBC and... Um, Shorter, like there was only three or four episodes, I guess, in each one, although they did a couple of specials in the second series, and they call them series over there. So series one and series two. And then at this point, they uh, Netflix took over. So for season three, Netflix took over, and that's what we're in right now is uh, we're going to talk about season three this time. And so there are six episodes in this entire season, and uh, we'll go through them. I mean, it's like, uh, it's a Twilight Zone-esque yeah. anthology um, and about ho- like horror and uh, technology and sort of like the surreal nature of life in the future, basically. Yeah. And some of even what, I mean, a lot of the episodes, not a lot of them, some of them mm-hmm. could actually play out now. But yeah, I think this is supposed to be more about if technology continues to to do what it's doing where it could lead us. Yeah. It's like cause and effect of how technology will Mm -hmm. could play out and usually very psychologically minded and, and politically, and it doesn't generally go very well. (laughs) Let's let's put it that way. It's politically Uh, driven to this, the show. Absolutely. Um, the first episode of season three is called nosedive. Uh, it's, let's see. I'm just, uh, Michael Schur and Rashida Jones wrote the teleplay for this episode. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're the Parks and Rec people. Mm-hmm. And originally, um, it was going to be a movie. They wrote it as a, 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 they wrote a full film script for this episode. And when they couldn't get it produced, <laughs> they uh, cut it down and made it this this Oof, episode. I'll tell you, this is... Um... I don't know if I could have taken a full film of this, not because it was a bad episode, but it's a lot. Yeah. Lacey, Bryce Dallas Howard, who, who is, is amazing so, in this. Oh, I mean, you, you, she's so great in this episode. You, you like, I hated to hate her, <laughs> you know, cause I love her. I know. But she's so good at these really neurotic un, <laughs> unraveling, you know, she, totally like, she played a very different in a different way. She, played this um type of character in the help as well yeah where it just oh my god she's way up here and you're like oh my god she's so annoying Relax. but she does it so well she does it well and i thought it was a really nuanced performance and i would say you know some people um 
They don't necessarily want to watch Black Mirror because they feel like it's going to be too heavy or too dark or too sad or horrible or what have you. Now, there are certainly episodes in season one and season two, and I'm sure we um, talked about them in prior episodes. And if you listen to those, you could literally listen to our episodes and then make a decision about what you will and won't watch, Mm -hmm. I think. Because what I would say is... Although Kathy is saying this was a lot, I this was certainly kinder and gentler than seasons oh, one and two. <laughs> for sure. I think it's just, it, so. it, for me, the way that I would describe it is it just starts to become really uncomfortable. Yeah. Not not like depressing, but more just like, oh. Not like season God, one. so uncomfortable. Not like season one, episode one, where a politician is shamed in public by having no, sex with no, a No, 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 yeah. no. So and there, and there's a real difference. Uh, yeah, and there are other episodes <laughs> in season three that would would fall in to the the deeper but this one is just i don't know uncomfortable is the word that comes up for me right and they they're certainly all meant to have you be somewhat uncomfortable i will say that charlie brooker um you know was specifically trying to make this season more digestible Mm -hmm. um i would imagine to get more eyes on his show because if you make things too horrific people are there's a lot you're ice you're you're alienating a lot of your audience anyway, well, the world is heavy it, exactly um, so and this was in 2016 but well the other thing i wanted to say was that he also talked about wanting to have less trapped episodes if you watch season one and season two every single episode has a theme of someone being like trapped in a situation or being trapped and so in this in this season, he wanted to have more genre bending, which he definitely did, like different genres for different episodes and also just like less trapped episodes. Some of them have that. Yeah, there, I was going to say but episode, not all. episode three was was one of those. But yes, anyway, um, anyway so Nosedive kind of reminds me of The Sims a little bit. <laughs> um, I, you know, so this... They, I know that they compare... When I was looking up this episode, they also compared it to the social credit system in China. So, you know, what ends up happening just to, to oversimplify it is people are basically rated on their behaviors. Their reputation is publicized through apps. Um, you know, you walk around, say I were to buy a coffee from Shannon and if I treat her a certain way, she's going to give me four likes and so stars, the, yeah. or stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, we're walking around society in a very uh, superficial way just to remain alive and, and, and accepted and functioning um, and free, but the irony is that, um, and I'm not going to give anything away, the people who have less likes or less stars, sorry, my mind goes to like Facebook and stuff, <laughs> less stars stuff. that have, that have sort of, you know, given up on this social credit system and this authority are much happier and, and freer, which I think is really the, the take the, was the takeaway point for me without giving away the episode. Cause there's multiple people on different spectrums through this episode, but you know, the, a slave to external validation was a big one for me, social mm-hmm. credit system. And then, um, you know, really it explored what we value, how showmanship brings validation, but there's nothing authentic, how quick people are to drop friends or family members or feel embarrassed by someone's social status. So clearly we already have that, but this just amplified, um, amplified it. Yeah, a lot of the episodes seem to do that where he takes like what we were saying before, like technology, like where a particular cultural norm 
cultural belief can take us in the future, like hypothetically, right? Because the episode's set in a world where people rate each other from one to five stars for every interaction you have. So, you know, if you're on the side of the road and you ask someone for directions, you get rated on that interaction and on and on and on. And it directly impacts your socioeconomic status Mm -hmm. is what's really kind of overlaying the whole episode is that she can't get a particular place to live if her ranking isn't above a 4.4 or she um, can't socially interact with XYZ people if her rating is below a four. And so it directly impacts your socioeconomic status. So in other words, I was, I think it's really interesting because it's conflicting because I think that there is a part of us that would might say, well, that would make everybody be nice to each other and you would have to have these really good interactions and you have to like not treat the Starbucks employee like a piece of shit because you're going to, it's going to impact you. And that's when you're coming out of a genuine place. Right. But what ends up happening is that people are less truthful. Right. Um, instead of that coming out of a genuine place, <laughs> like I should be kinder so that I can get more out of life, like I can have a bigger house, not exactly the greatest motivation, but I'm just saying like if it was coming out of a genuine place, okay, mm-hmm. okay, fine. But it, but what they what they say in this episode is that like a, n- not so much. <laughs> well, and it's highly subjective. So if you if you were to apply this to the real world, you know, um, and you're starting with people who are already in power, like there's a couple exchanges in the, in the episode where someone's ranking is low and she almost, you know, she, she ends up taking a, he, he's walking around the, her work. He's one of the employees and she, he offers her a green juice and she's about to take it. And three of the employees kind of look at her and go, Oh, you don't like, you don't want to take it from him. He's at a two point something. I don't remember really what yeah, it was. Because and, he had an affair or something like yeah, that. Something. So, yeah. so somebody else's, opinion of that person may steer somebody away from interacting with them and always keeping them at that status. So my mind goes to minorities or women. When you look up this episode too, um, there are a couple of articles that talk about how this really emphasized um, more than men, women's roles in having to be behaviorally appropriate. Like if you really watch the episode, it's much more emphasized on women except for the one guy at the end. So I don't, I think this would be madness because how easy it would be for one group of people to go, Hey, just keep marking these guys down low and we'll keep each other up here. Oh, absolutely. And you would be able to do it with anybody. I mean, the bullying that would, would does happen in this episode, but would happen in life. I mean, you know, come on. Yeah. (laughs) It's like ridiculous, but I will say because of who wrote it, um, there's a lot of humor in this episode. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean by, it's um, more digestible mm-hmm. in, in what Brooker wanted is that it's uh, it's really well thought out. I know they wanted to do a movie. So the script is really good and it's really tight and they cut it down to 63 minutes and it works just as well, which I mean, a lot of movies I think need an edit anyway. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also they did a board game out of this episode. Like this was a really popular episode. Really? I mean, I've, this was the second or third time I had seen this episode. Yeah, they did a board game out of it. That's not very good. 
but there's a board game um, (laughs) out there so that like you could play like your social rankings and stuff. The other thing I just wanted to mention about this episode is, um, you know, it plays to the research around the hedonic treadmill, which is basically our tendency to quickly return to a relatively stable level after happiness. So like you get this dopamine rush of the five stars and going up into the echelons of socioeconomic status. And, um, but just so like, despite major positive or negative events in your life, like even when she has some trials and tribulations with her star rate ranking, you know, our ability, the hedonic treadmill basically says our ability to quickly return to a stable level of happiness or a baseline of happiness is pretty ingrained. So when you have these highs and lows, like as humans, there's a lot of research around how we basically go back to that same, and that goes along with that same level of happiness. And so that goes along with a lot of the research that has to do with after you make, if you make enough money to sustain a level of living that allows you to be happy and comfortable, meaning you can daily living, you're safe, you can provide for your family, uh, you can go on a trip a year or whatever, just kind of a middle, uh, middle class type of middle to upper class sort of in America anyway, um, sort of level. There's a lot of research around how making more than that actually doesn't make you happier. It's, it's, it's people. What makes people happy is being able to provide for themselves, have, have a good holiday, be able to buy gifts, be able to be with their friends, be able to go out to eat. Like the things in American culture that we feel entitled to, whatever those are. And so that's going to be slightly different for everyone. And I'm not saying that's the right way to live, but the research says making a billion dollars on the app you just created, although we all think that's fabulous. And yes, you're going to have an uptick in your dopamine rush for a while, but at a ba- you'll return to baseline. Right. Cause life, like you said, life satisfaction, uh, life's, life's satisfactions are based on much more than just that, you know, it's money or that immediate needs, that's right, right. yeah like that's right love and yep all of that stuff so anyway mo no- money mo problem <laughs> 99 problems okay uh right so that's that episode episode two is called playtest so this this one actually reminded me and i i want to do an episode at some point um on like some horror cult classics okay there's um, a movie that came out in 1990, I'm going to give you the year. All I'll right. Give you the year. We'll be right here. Okay. Uh, the movie is called Brain Scan. It came out in 1994, a very young, pre-rehab Edward Furlong. <laughs> um, and it's it, it was at a time where video games were, were, were kind of stepping up. Yeah. Um, and moving more into that virtual reality, but like 90s version of virtual reality. And... Um, Long story short, he ends up uh, going on a murder spree mm-hmm. in this game and and now thinks it's actually happening. And I won't tell you if it is or it isn't, but this episode mm-hmm. sort of reminded me of that. And then, it, and then I said to myself, we need to do maybe a review on some of these cult classics because Brainscan was a, it was a cult horror film back in the 90s and yeah we'll totally do that that's right up our alley so playtest is the second episode in this series the episode follows cooper who's played by wyatt russell an american who play tests an upcoming augmented reality game in london while traveling it's a horror game which assesses his brain and targets his fears so um i would say that 
so what I was saying about how this season gives you a lot of different genres, like this episode is straight up horror. So if you like a horror, if you like horror and you're not really super interested in Black Mirror necessarily, go to season three, episode two, and you'll literally watch um, 57 minutes of, it's a horror story. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you know, some gore and some fear and all kinds of good stuff. It's definitely psychological horror. So it's not like, you know, tons and tons of gore, but there's some. Um, what else about this? I think it, it it's VR. He's in a just a, yeah. a FYI. He's he's wearing a VR headset, and it's basically you're going into a. Okay, so who agrees to this? Let me just ask you this, Kathy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who agrees to put on a VR headset, and the person says that what's going to happen is is you're going to put on this headset, and we're going to enter you into an augmented reality that's going to use your own fears that it gets from your brain your own worst fears, and it's going to terrorize you with them. I tell you who probably would. So I know people who are video game addicts. I mean, they want to test the newest things. They have everything before everybody else does. And I think with any sort of, and I'm, I'm saying addiction in a non-pathological way right now, just you know, people who this is like a big obsessed. part of their life. <laughs> obsessed. Um, just like with any other obsession or addiction, after a while you want the next the next riskier or bigger or more intense thing. And so this guy, this is what he does. He reviews video games for a living. He's trying to get a bus ticket or plane ticket or whatever back. Yep. He loses all of his money and goes, awesome. I love video game. Oh, I can master that. I can. And part of it's <laughs> ego. They, they, they sort of, of play to his ego, right? They first take him into this room where he's playing with like this little guy whack-a-mole. Uh, and it's a whack-a-mole virtual reality. And they take him out of that and, and they call him into like, you know, the creator of this game. And he's like, listen, you know, you did really well at that. You want to try something, you want to try something else. So now he's had this first experience that's fairly positive, easy. So they feed his ego and they're like, I bet you can't, they don't say this, but it's like, let's see what you can do in here. And he's like, game on. I love this. <laughs> so I think it was, it was a baited trap um, because it played to his ego. It played to his interests and he was desperate and getting back to where he needed. And in his mind, he's like, really, how bad could this be? Yeah. And they played to that. Um, what you find is like the um, the staffer that comes in and actually works with him. And then there's like the, you know, megalomaniac video game designer guy who comes in every now and then and kind of goes like, yeah, good. Okay. It looks good. You know, and you get the sense that he's like the, the Steve jobs of it or whatever. Totally. And um, they portray him as very manipulative and like, Oh, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't go fine. No, that's not a spoiler because <clears throat> it's Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Each episode, it doesn't doesn't go well. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I liked it because it was horror. That's what I liked about it. I was like, oh, a straight up horror episode. Yeah, it, like, it started awesome. certainly started that way, and and there's like I, jump scares and shit. <laughs> I think some of the underlying just, you know, this desire for escapism, which I think is what video games are anyway. And then the question that comes up to me for me is like, are we ever really truly in control of our own minds? Um, Mm -hmm. And what are the influences there? And as the episode continues without, I'm not going to give anything away, but as the episode continues, um, you just start to realize like, wow, he's been out of his mind for some time. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I thought it was interesting. It wasn't my favorite, but I thought it was good. Yep. Cool. All right. 
episode three of season three is called Shut Up and Dance. Oof. So this one is a lot like um, if you watched the Christmas special, I believe in season two called White Bear. I think that was season two. I'll look it up real quick as I'm after I stop talking. It was season uh, two. It's a uh, it's a lot like that. It's basically it's it's it's. It, basically follows the same type of story this um, one kept me on my toes more <laughs> good i'm glad yeah. that's cool uh it was written um by the series uh creator and showrunner charlie brooker um the episode tells the story of a teenage boy who is blackmailed into committing bizarre and criminal acts by a mysterious hacker possessing a video of him masturbating. So this is a theme we see quite a bit actually in Black Mirror and now I'm remembering Exposure. White Bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm remember, remembering White Bear and I'm also he- thinking of other episodes we've seen and talked about where um, there is this thing where you are controlled by your own you know, worst moments or, or secrets. Like yeah. the extent people will go to cover their secrets. Right. And I mean, this kid, the mysterious, the hacker possesses a video of this kid masturbating. Now there's nothing inherently wrong with a teenage boy or girl or anyone in general sitting down to their own damn computer <laughs> and had masturbating. Like there's right. nothing inherently right. uh, wrong with that or pathological, but they get a video of him doing that through the little, you know, and through his webcam and that's built into his camera and then use that to humiliate him. And he takes the bait and commits crimes. And then it ins- there's, there's more levels to what happens, but that's like the basic thing. Um, and there's been a couple of other episodes that do that. Like they love to, it's well, like taking just, people's personal shames and then. <laughs> yeah. And the idea too, is like, is someone always watching what we're doing? And mm-hmm. I mean, in this episode, it was clear that he had, they were, but yeah, the way that it starts is he goes on his computer and there's a virus. So he tries to fix the virus. And the next thing you know, he's connected to this camera who's watching him and he's freaked out and then he gets this message. And so it just starts off with he getting a text message and saying, you need to be here by this time or everything's going to be exposed. And then it just rolls into, um, you know, just a rabbit hole of, you know, all these different tasks mm-hmm. he needs so he it's a really fast-paced episode that i felt very anxious for him and the other um characters on the show just because i think it was really well done and um white bear i was really bored like this one i felt like it kept me I, it really kept my attention because it was it kept bouncing into something else yeah I gotcha. Just kept you more engaged. It sounds like, and um, it goes some different places. The white bear didn't go necessarily, but also, um, you know, attempts to do some sort of twists and turns. And oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I was thinking white bear was something else. I did love white bear. The one that I was thinking of mm-hmm. was the guy who plays the blue bear. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> white white bear was awesome. I'm so sorry I confused those two. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, yeah, I can see what you mean now. A lot of episodes yeah. at this point. <laughs> white bear is about the woman who relives the day over and over. Yeah, okay? and yeah. I mean, and yeah. you know, uh, um, 
Black Mirror fans who are listening to this series specifically will know exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. There's another one where there's a blue bear, but we won't go um, into it. Yeah, the, this is a lot like White Bear. Now that I know what you're talking about, where yeah, yeah you're just like, holy crap, what is going on? And I think that's why it kept, White Bear also kept me because you don't ever really quite know. And in some of the episodes, you know you know well before the characters know. Yes, yes. In yes. this one, you're go- you're on you're it. with the character. You're with them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, I liked both of the episodes, both White Bear and this one, but it basically it follows the same type of narrative. So if you've seen White Bear, you're in for that ride, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I won't say anything more about it because it would give up the ending. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, even though it's several years old now and I don't think spoilers are an issue, but it doesn't matter. Okay, so season three, episode four. San Junipero. It's called San Junipero. Um, yeah, let me get some of my little... So it's the fourth episode, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's set in a beach resort town named... San Junipero, where the introverted Yorkie, who's played by Mackenzie Davis, meets the more outgoing Kelly, who's played by Juju um, Bathara. I'm not pronouncing that correctly, most likely. The town is part of a simulated reality the elderly can inhabit, even after death. So San Junipero was the first episode actually written for series three of Black Mirror. Um it was kind of based on uh, nostalgia, nostalgia therapy, mm-hmm. which is a immersive nostalgia therapy thing yeah. people do, like mm-hmm. in VR, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so this is a VR situation where, um, you know, you can see how it would be attractive to some people and not attractive to others. In other words, when you die, you can be uploaded into a augmented reality, another plane of existence. Your essence can be uploaded somewhere else and to live in sort of a techno heaven. This episode is very different from um, most any other Black Mirror episode I've ever seen. And mm-hmm. when I was looking so it far, up, um, for sure. when I was looking it up, it gave a lot of the, the reviews gave a lot of the same feedback that people had mixed feelings about this episode because it, it, it quote unquote corrupted the core idea of what Black Mirror was for a number of different reasons. However, I, I do not agree with that. Um, I just think it was told in a way that elicits different feelings mm-hmm. than a lot of the other episodes. But I think it was very much in line with the future and how people, um, you know, the way that we maybe want to conceptualize the afterlife. Um, You know, there's so much around like, what do we want to believe and where can we go and what are the different possibilities that to me, it felt very true to black mirror, but there were a lot of, um, there are a lot of mixed reviews around it, but I believe it was the first episode written for season three. So that would be in line with what you were saying um, that season three was looking to be very mm-hmm. different. Yeah. I mentioned that it was the first script that it was actually produced. And, you know, the reason why that's important is because Brooker was very consciously trying to change the series. And so even though it aired third, it, if you know that they did this one first, you can see how like he was previously focused on, all of the negative effects of technology and that this episode was um, attempting to be uplifting. Yeah. And so he was trying to change the way they saw 
the way we saw it, this whole show. Um, right. Because t- talking about an afterlife, um, uh, talking about the existence of a concrete afterlife that you can choose is pretty yeah, magical. And it's, I mean, I, because we're trying not to give it away, and I think in some ways oversimplifying the episode, there, there are moments, I mean, there are a lot of feelings that came up for me watching this episode. It definitely elicited, um, I don't know, it was a very, it was a very emotional episode to watch. Yeah. It's an emotionally rooted love story. Yeah. I mean, it's a love story. It's optimistic. It's also a work of science fiction, but there's also sadness and, um, uncertainty in it as well. Like there, it it is uplift. I think some people thought, okay, because it's more positive in some ways, it doesn't really stay true to black mirror. But when I watched it, I felt that positivity, but there was also a lot of sadness in this episode too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I think, yeah, I think to have happiness be effective yeah. In, in film, you have to have the sadness that goes along with it because otherwise it's just happy and it, it falls flat. Um, but I think if you're, if we're saying, you know, if what we're reading is that Brooker was trying to change the series, then yeah, it wasn't in line with it wasn't. It was previous black. So if yeah. reviewers or people are saying that you're right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. That's fine. Um, creative people like to do different things. And so also when they went to Netflix, they had a much higher budget. And so, right he was able to expand his thinking and the ideas and like, okay, I'm going to season three. What do I want to do differently? Like he's a writer, he's a creative being. So he's like, all right, do I keep wanting to doing the same thing? No, but this is my style. The style is very similar. Mm -hmm. It's still futuristic. It's still um, pushing the laws of what is true in this world. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I agree with you. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's in line with the style, but I do sort of say like, yeah, you're right. It is very, you know, if you'd like your shows to stay exactly the same, then, you know, I'm sorry. (laughs) And to be honest with you, I don't know if I could watch five seasons of, you know, uh, the shame and disappointment. No, I mean, it's like Jesus, (laughs) like it's the world's heavy enough. We need, and it just, it gives like, we want to see in most series, (laughs) a little diversity, you know, please. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> um, this one also felt like a movie to me. It was it felt long. The San and, Junipero? Yeah, it felt mm-hmm. like long and and like a movie and like a bunch of different things happened. And by the end of it, um, it just felt like I'd been on a journey. And that's probably very much due to the emotional yeah, content. Yeah, for sure. Um, you get to know the characters very well in this one. Totally. Yeah. Season three, episode five is entitled Men Against Fire. Um, the episode follows Stripe, a soldier who hunts humanoid mutants known as roaches. After a malfunctioning of his mass, M-A-S-S, which is a neural implant, he discovers that these roaches, quote unquote, are ordinary human beings. In a fateful confrontation with the psychologist Arquette, Stripe learns that the mass, the implant, alters his perception of reality. So it's uh, like a war, the the setting, if you like uh, war stories or stories about um, enlisted personnel uh, hunting or fighting, there's guns and stuff, warfare, uh, this would be up your alley because that's the setting. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
I think this theme mm-hmm. has been done many times. Yeah. Um, so we're looking at you know the brainwashing of the military, eugenics, augmented reality, which we kept mentioning. Augmented reality, <laughs> um, but but eugenics, I think, is yeah. what sticks out for me. Like how you know the brainwashing around creating what a certain community of people are. It's just in this episode, they're brainwashed and, you know, chips implanted so much that they actually see a physical altercation that they look like roaches. Um, but yeah, it's, it's basically a metaphor for eugenics, I think. Yep. I think you're right. Um, this particular episode, I had a difficult time. I, um, I had to get up like six times. <laughs> well, and I don't think it was necessarily because I was uncomfortable in a Mm-mm. in a way that, you know, um, play test the horror episode or even nosedive with all the anxiety would make me uncomfortable. It was because I was just sort of not interested as much, I guess. Um, I, I, it, I wasn't at all. I, I just <laughs> uh, like I'm struggling right now. To say anything yeah. about it. I, I have notes on all of them. Except this one. And even even if I don't have them <laughs> written down, I have them up here. And yeah. this one, I just have brainwashing and eugenics written down. And that's it. Because it was like, okay, we've seen it. I mean, it's a great political message for sure. If you haven't seen a lot of stuff like that, then great. Yeah. Like if, and, and I'm not saying don't watch it because we're watching every episode. But of it's Black a Mirror. long episode. But it's 60 minutes. But you know what? The one episode shut up in uh, San Junipero, 61 minutes and yeah. nosedive is 63 minutes. So it's right in line with their, with their things, with their uh, run times. But I, I was not as drawn in and I kept thinking like, okay, maybe they'll stick the ending and then I'll understand. But I mean, they did an ending and there's something about it and it was fine. (laughs) Um, Of course the acting is great. Mm -hmm. Like there's no production issue in general. (laughs) It's just, it did. I think, you know, I think you said it well, Kathy, in that I just felt like there wasn't anything there wasn't a unique take on it that I was particularly interested. And I did at one point I was like, should I watch this one over again? Cause I'm really not going to have anything to say. And then I was like, meh, that's what I have to say. I, I found myself doing other things while I was watching. <laughs> Me too. It. Which means I'm not going to have much to say because I'm going to miss parts of it. So for those of you who may have loved this episode, please write to us and tell us why, because we missed half of it. Cause we, Fell asleep or something. Yeah. Cognitively in the middle. Okay. Season three, episode six. Our last episode of the season is called Hated in the Nation. Uh, It's a Nordic noir inspired episode. It follows detective Karen Park and Blue Colson. They investigate a spat of deaths targeting the subjects of social media hatred. Um, at the hands of autonomous drone insects, ADIs, that have been deployed to combat environmental catastrophe as bees near extinction. It was largely filmed in London, which I recognize quite a bit of it, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, What I'll say is that, so if we're talking in large part around season three and it being different and there being a point to each episode type of thing, the point of this episode was that they did a crime drama. So we have a horror episode. (laughs) We have an episode that calls back to classic Black Mirror, like, you know, the shut up and dance being more like White Bear. Like, 
And now, and this one is a crime drama. And so if you, I would say, if you like crime dramas, this episode would be super up your alley um, in that way. It's sort of uh, X-Files, you know, if you mm-hmm. like the X-Files, that's it's got that vibe to it, um, which I do like the X-Files. Um, yeah. There's some twists. Um, I was pretty bored. So there's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you have nothing to say about this one uh, No, I do. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, it's, it's, they, they use hashtags to kill people. I mean, it's just, just, I don't know. Yeah. So you may, you guys may have seen this kind of story in other ways in other places, meaning, um, there is, and this is very Black Mirror, where there's a, some kind of campaign online um, by some very twisted mind, hypothetically, this is what you're to believe. Uh, we've seen it in like Law and Order episodes and different things, um, but this is much more technologically advanced, obviously, than a Law and Order episode, but where there's a campaign to teach the public at large a message. Um, like any sadistic killer (laughs) in our world who wants to blow up a tower or you know whatever the horrible things we've already endured like they're going to use a hashtag and if you participate in this hashtag um you get to vote on whether someone dies or not so if you're being canceled quote unquote to use our terminology these days in social media by saying something wrong and a bunch of people on Twitter or whatever use a hashtag and vote for you, then they um, they send the program is is going to program your name as the winner, and they're going to send these ADIs, these artificial drone mechanical bees, to come to you and kill you. So it goes along a little bit with the first episode in the sense that your interactions with your social media determine your fate. So it's got that same kind of black mirror where, you know, there's obviously this theme in black mirror around like if you, the way you act, what you do, how you conduct yourself in the world is either going to come back and bite you in the ass (laughs) Or not. And just like with every piece of technology, it can be hacked and misused. And that's right. You know, we see that in this episode. And then we see the twists and turns of the people involved and not involved. And you think they're involved and then they're not involved. And you're like, oh my God, they're involved. <laughs> um, so, and that I think crime it, drama, basically. Yeah, it was a crime drama. It <laughs> yep. was, it was, it was okay. I mean, I'd give it like a, I don't know, a six and a half out of 10. Okay. She has a new rating system. I think if it wasn't a Black Mirror episode, mm-hmm. maybe as a standalone, it would have been decent. You mean like a movie movie? No, I wouldn't even watch it for that long. But you if it like was a, like a, maybe it was an hour, uh, you know, show that comes on Tuesday night, like a. Like a different, up, yeah, like a, like a, an, an NCIS or yes, something. Yes, that's, that's what I was trying to think of. Okay. If it was like an NCIS, I'd be like, okay, that was kind of cool. Yeah. He, he tried his hand at a crime drama is kind of the way I look at yeah, it. Like, yeah, it didn't. He was trying out, out like different genres or whatever. Yeah. So this was a way of like, kind of like the horror episode. It was like his way of blending a, or or even the military episode, like his way of create like doing a, a a war a war show with, 
with Black Mirror and trying to right. get the same theme, the, the, that genre bending thing that he's trying to do this season. So, mm-hmm. all right. So to wrap up, what we would like to do, I think, because I, you know, we watch these shows independently. I'm, I think I already know. I think I can guess, but like, I would love to know like what your favorite episodes were, and also maybe the one that was the worst to you. Okay. Um, and I'll do the same. So, so my two favorite were. Um, I just love San Junipero. Yeah. I actually I actually cried at the end of this episode Aww. just because I felt like Yeah, I thought it was executed really well. There's first of all, it was one of the only episodes that is so incredibly character driven. Mm-hmm. Um and mm-hmm. I like Mackenzie Davis. It's cool to kind of see her in a Terminator movie and then she did a movie for Hulu over the Christ- over Christmas and then she always plays kind of a nerdy. She's good at playing this nerdy kind of role. She's the lead, right? Yeah. yeah. Um and it was in the 80s. And so. it was in the 80s, so like you have all the music and all the it's very nostalgic for those of us who the 80s is yeah, already nostalgic, but oh. even if you take that piece out, I think that um re- the relational piece thinking about and in anybody who's a clinician who's listening and who's worked with older people uh, elders much of the focus of therapy oftentimes is rather than what's ahead is what's behind and looking at their life and whether sometimes they'll pull up pictures or they'll talk about stories or and so to watch how this episode allows them to go back into their life um, and the stuff that they had to regret or they miss, or, um, even though it was hard, they never would have erased it for, you know, and even though that they have this opportunity to maybe construct this forever, it doesn't, it will never be as good as what was just sort of organic about life and the good, the bad and the ugly. And there's a scene where they're kind of arguing about that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I never would have given that up as hard as it was. And he did this. And anyway, yeah. um, I found myself just really emotional watching this episode. I thought it was really good. And then the other one that really got me because I thought it was just so not far off from our world and I thought it was really intense and kind of brutal was the um, the shut up and dance. Right, 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 right. Those were my two favorites. And then my least favorite was the men against fire. I just felt like it was, I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm also someone who's just not really into war films. Okay. Like there's certain ones that I really do love. Um, but, but the setting didn't, doesn't capture the you. Setting to me, a lot of it is the same. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. It just didn't, I think maybe if the storyline was a little bit different, but between it being war and then this topic's been done so many times, I was just very disinterested. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we agree on that. As and far the characters as like- weren't, you didn't really know who they were, were and, it has to be, to me, it has to be done well if there's very little dialogue. There was very little dialogue in this and it wasn't done well. So I was bored. Yeah, the the one thing I remember appreciating now that we're talking about it, I, I appreciated that they had women in combat. So it, yeah. was, it was the future. That was cool, yeah. <laughs> that was the one thing I was like, oh, look at that. There's a There was a female commander that yeah, was Yeah, I was going to say boss. in powerful roles too. There yeah. was a commander and then there was a person that was the same level as him, yeah. um, a lieutenant who was a female and there was just, and they were in combat. So mm-hmm. I was appreciative of that. So we'll give it that. <laughs> we'll give it that. What about you? Um, agreed. Uh, we have some similar similar taste i i would say that um 
San Junipero was absolutely my favorite. It was the one that felt to me like a movie. Like yeah. I felt at the end of it, I I didn't, you know, you can't binge Black Mirror. No. <laughs> I mean, you can, but I don't. Um, and I, I, it's too, it's too like meaty, I guess I would say. Um, I also feel like there's episodes you can't rewatch and I think I could rewatch this. I could rewatch this. Um, yes, I liked that it was the 80s. Every time they got it, they have, again, they went to Netflix, so they had a big budget. So they got to, <laughs> they had some really great music in it. Um, there's some twists and turns in the episode that I enjoyed because I am actually going in blind to these episodes um, and to this show. I have not watched it before. And so it's really lovely to just be sitting down and, okay, what's this one about? And I don't do any research before I watch the episode. Then after there, I watch the episode, I look yeah, on the too. internet and do stuff. Mm -hmm. So, so just from a purely noob kind of experience I really liked it so that it was my favorite for sure and I think it did have something to do with the setting but also the emotions and that it's a love story <clears throat> um I would say my second favorite is nosedive mm -hmm. which was the very first one it's a good one too yeah. with the uh social ranking systems of socioeconomic status I laughed several times yeah. in it like <laughs> she was hilarious she was she's pathetic and the characters around her were hilarious like even you brought up the guy that was trying to give away green juice in the office yeah. and it was hilarious I mean he was even though he was pathetic he was funny it was like Oh, please. Can you just take this green juice yeah, from me? Just, just please like, take it. I'm a 2.0 or whatever. And then you find out it's because he like cheated on someone or whatever. And you're just like, oh. Well, and even her best friend who's a total Karen. Like she, oh played, my God. she played that role really well. She was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, you could tell it was written by comedy writers. Yeah. Um, and I just love, just like I like comedy horror. I, I love when um, things are like told in a with a sense of humor. I mean, we try to do that on the show in general. So that that's in line with my belief system. And then I would say the worst one for me, it, it's tough, man, because I agree with you that men against fire was like the one I was the least interested in. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm going to have to say that you and I are similar with that episode. Um, but I also, really didn't like the crime drama mostly because I'm a huge crime drama fan and I wanted it to be really good. Um, so I was disappointed, I guess. So, so the worst ones are sort of difficult for me because like men against fire, I would say is the worst for me because I just didn't give a shit. Right. So I have to go with that as the worst. Right. Because I did give a shit of the characters in Hated in the Nation, the uh, the crime drama. Like, I did care about those characters. That wasn't actually my problem. It was more that it just sort of was kind of meh and didn't really go anywhere, right. in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, I mean... <sighs> so it's, it was a toss-up for me. But I, I'll go with the same as you, just because it was like yeah. I zoned out and yeah, couldn't yeah. pay attention. <laughs> it was hard to I just stop on. it like four times. For sure. I'm like, oh, I'm not paying attention. Um, but yeah, all right. So in a couple months, we will do Black Mirror season four. I'm looking forward yeah, to it. It's, I, I mean, it's a great series. I'm sort of enjoying going through it this way. Thank you so much for listening. This is Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Terror Talk. Please check out our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.